15th chapter of the book of Luke. And a very familiar passage of scripture for a lot of us. And uh, you know, if you know anything about that scripture, you know that it is uh, a parable. It's three, actually three parables, but the truth is it's one parable. All right, but uh, Jesus, uh, it really starts back in chapter number 14 in verse number 25. Jesus had a multitude that was following him. And the multitude that was following him as he was teaching, there was a group of people that drew near to Jesus. And they were referred to as publicans and sinners. Now, I need everybody to help me right here. We can all identify with publicans and sinners, all right? Now, the publicans in your Bible, they were the tax collectors. Somebody help me right here. You know they sinners. I need, y'all better help out now. And uh, uh, they would be the IRS of, of the Bible times, all right? So you know they lost, all right? And then so we had publicans and sinners, and they were drawing close uh, to Jesus, and it upset the religious crowd. Wouldn't you know it? The religious crowd was upset because he was eating and socializing, and he was having something to do with publicans and sinners, people that they felt like didn't even deserve God, right? And so it starts all the way back in chapter number 14, and Jesus in chapter number 15 tells a parable to address the problem that they're having with him hanging out and speaking with these publicans and sinners. It starts off with a story about a lost sheep. Now, how many of you remember that story, this lost sheep? There was one, and the Bible says 99 stayed, but one wandered off and said the shepherd left the 99 and went and found the one sheep. I'm thankful that I'm one of those sheep, amen? He went and found that sheep, and the Bible says he laid it on his shoulders, uh, an act of love, right? And he brings it back and rejoiced over having found his sheep. The second story in there, we have the lost sheep, but the second one is of a lost piece of silver. And if you go and you look, this woman, she had 10 pieces of silver and she lost one of them. Uh, she more than likely would have had something. It would have been uh, uh, more about her, uh, uh, maybe her marital status or something in her uh, to do with her marriage. But she had these coins, she had these pieces of silver, and she lost one, so it was very precious to her. It would be the equivalent of maybe us losing a wedding ring or an engagement ring. And so the Bible says that she lit a light and she swept the floor until she found it. And the Bible says that when she found it, she rejoiced. She brought all of her friends over and rejoiced that she had found this lost piece of silver. But then Jesus takes us to the house of a certain man. And this certain man, the Bible tells us, had two sons. This was a parable of a lost son. We see the lost sheep. We see the lost silver. But this morning and for the next few weeks, we are going to look at this lost son. As we look at Scripture, if you're following along with me, I'll have to get there. But if you're following along... We'll be in Luke chapter number 15, and we will be in verse number 11. Luke chapter number 15, and in verse number 11. And the Bible says, and he, uh, and he said, a certain man had two sons. 
And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. We've been there. For me, I was 17 years of age. 17 years of age, I'd had enough. I moved out. I hadn't even graduated high school. Said I was done. Said I wasn't going to be under the rule and under the thumb of a parent. No longer was I going to be told, I need somebody to help me. No longer was I going to be told what I had to do. No longer was I going to be held accountable for doing what I was instructed. I was my own man at 17. I could live my own life. As we look at this, we looked at the biblical scene, and as you can see, most of us identify with that. The truth is, is that we live in a different generation now, but those of you that lived in my generation, I need some help right here. We sought independence. We didn't want to live with mom and daddy till we were 28. And so we spent our time as teenagers trying to become independent, trying to get away from the rule of a parent or the law of the land. We were, we were rough. We wanted our independence. And though, uh, you know, many of us can identify with this young man, this lost son. And though our biblical story is of a teenager or a young adult, our modern day scenes, our modern day lives, there's many faces to rebellion. See, we'll start off this series with the rebellion of the, of the prodigal. And though we see his rebellion in Scripture and it's not very much elaborated on, the fact is, is that the Father had given him everything. He had nothing. He had no wants whatsoever. He just had a desire to be independent, like many of us did. A desire for independence doesn't stop at age 18. It doesn't even stop at age 21. We start hitting them milestones, and we think it's over, and we've, done, we've arrived. But the truth is, is that we seek independence most of our life. The problem with so many of us, and myself is included, is that our independence goes to the extreme. And we find ourselves at some point alienated or isolated from God. See, we gain independence from everybody else and we gain our independence from God. Uh, and Satan, the Bible calls Satan, he goes about, the Bible says, as a roaring lion. And a lion hunts. I need somebody to help me. Don't act like y'all ain't never watched National Geographic. A lion hunts. By isolating, 
He isolates weak members of the pride or of the, of the uh, herd. He isolates them and then he attacks. And so while we're struggling and fighting to gain our independence and we find ourselves not only independent from other people, independent from parents and other people, we find ourselves independent from God. And when that happens, Satan attacks. He comes. He brings circumstances in our lives that cause the many faces of rebellion. It's not just we want our independence. Now things start coming up like health problems. You ever got a bad report from the doctor? We have. I remember I, I, I've had bad reports from the doctor. My wife has. I mean, we, we put some things to prayer. Thought that we were going to be in treatments and, and here we are. But health problems. Untimely deaths. You ever lost somebody and said, why God? I, I, I've stood at a graveside and buried 20-year-olds. I, I, I buried teenagers. What do we, how, how do you explain that? Failed relationships, the staple of today, the staple of our society. The betrayal of a friend. Ever had somebody she was close to and it felt like as soon as you turned around, a knife was in your back? Church hurts. If you know my testimony, you'll know I was as church hurt as anybody can be. And right for, I mean, I, I, I got a reason to be upset with how I was done in the church. Addictions, financial difficulties, family feuds. It's amazing how many times we get sideways with people in our family and take it out on God. Feelings of inadequacy. God, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Failures in our own lives, moral failures, or unexpected hardships. Every one of these things can have us questioning if God really even cares about us. It can have us asking the question, why, God? You watch as our modern day scene unfolds and maybe you find yourself somewhere in all of this. Be with them, Lord. Amen. Well, you're dismissed. We'll see you next week. Bro, I thought you said this was going to be different. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know. What you mean you didn't I, know? I, this is all they ever see. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for coming. God bless you. What's going on with you lately? What's your deal? Mom, I'm pregnant. Thanks for coming, brother. Preacher, I just lost my job. Is there anything church can do to help? Not right now, but we'll be praying for you. God bless you. So much for God handling all my needs. I have nothing now.
I'm so sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. Thank God bless you. you. We'll be praying for you. Why would God let my child die? I don't understand how God could do this to us. Thanks for coming, brother. It's nice to see you. Thanks for coming. God bless you. Wait. What? We can work this out. I'm tired of this. I'm done. So many of us have been there. However you may identify, let's not, let's not put specifics on it. But we've all experienced something to the effect of what these people have. I remember when I was a teenager, I was a lifeguard. I know I don't look it now, but anyhow, <clears throat> I was a lifeguard. And uh, I was 17 years of age, and uh, a preacher stood up in church and railed on me for the whole service. Didn't even open his Bible. 300, 400 people standing there are in the church service, and I was the topic of conversation for over an hour. I left church never wanting to go back. I don't like preachers to this day. I don't even like myself. Is everybody all right? It's so frustrating. I, I have been there. And the circumstances in life will bring you to a place of rebellion where you run away from the very thing that can help you. We run away from the very thing that can help us. In our biblical scene, a son goes and leaves the father. And as you can see, the father comes and he's looking for his son and he wants him. He doesn't want him to leave. But yet, the son in this preconceived, his perception of his uh, uh, discontent. He says, I, I can do better than this elsewhere. And he walks off and leaves. To our knowledge, never to return. Of course, we know the Bible story, but how many times have somebody walked away from your life and they've never come back? Rebellion's real. And it affects us all. And if you look at the Bible story, we see first off the frustration of the prodigal. He was frustrated with his life. We sang a song that says, Jireh, and they sang that song and it says, I will be content in every circumstance. But somebody help me, how difficult is that? We say it in the church house, but as soon as our power went out last Wednesday... We were, very un we were very discontent. People posting all over Facebook, I don't understand why I can't have my power back. I don't know, where are these guys doing? Everybody all right? We find ourselves that if we don't have, if we don't have what we think we ought to have, somebody help me now. If we don't have it the way we think it should be, we get frustrated how many has ever gone to God in prayer and say, I need this, and this is how I need you to answer it, God? Now, listen, I got some bills right here, and God, this is how we're going to work this out. If you'll let me win the lottery, 
Don't act like y'all ain't never prayed over the lottery while y'all was buying them tickets. Say, preacher, how do you feel about the lottery? You tithe on it, we'll be okay. Otherwise, I'm going to ask God to take every bit of it from you, all right? But you, you pray and you say, God, this is how I need you to answer this. Lord, let somebody just come up and hand me money. Lord, just let this happen or let that happen. We, we tell God how to work out our problems, how to work out our frustrations. And when that doesn't happen, all of a sudden, we blame God. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Don't get quiet on me. We start blaming God for things that we created in our own life. God, why did you let this happen to me? He didn't let that happen to you. You went right off the edge all by yourself. I've done it. I mean, I like to sit there and blame somebody else. You know, that stuff started all the way back in the garden. Adam turned around. Eve, she partook of the fruit. Adam partook of the fruit. God said, what did you do? And Adam said, she did it. <laughs> hey, if it didn't get bad enough, if it wasn't bad enough, he blamed her. He ended up blaming God. How many of y'all, do you remember the story? He said, the woman that you gave me, the woman that thou gavest me, she's the one. In other words, God, it's your fault. I would have never partook of that fruit if it wasn't for you giving me her. We like to blame. We like to blame others. And the truth is, is we'll go right to blaming God. He was frustrated with life. He was frustrated with life. It wasn't going like he wanted it to do. And so he started making demands out of the Father. Oh, yeah. The Bible says that he went to his father and he said, give me the portion that is mine. I need everybody to hear me right here because I'm just old school enough to say this. You didn't earn, if you didn't earn it, it ain't yours. How are you going to go to your father and say, give me my inheritance? I need somebody to help. I told my daddy, spend every last dime because all people will do when you die is fight over what they didn't earn. I've seen it. I've seen it in the church over and over. And this guy, this guy didn't even wait for his daddy to die. It was though he was saying, Dad, you're dead to me. Just give me the money. Give me what's mine. And I'm going to go on. And he demanded that God, or the Father, give him something that he didn't even earn. And his destination, he went, he went, the Bible says he went to the far country. I say this, when we get frustrated, we tend to pull away from the very thing that can help us, just as the son did. We pull away from God, and hear me out, we get as far as we can from him. Mm. It starts off with maybe we don't go to church this week or maybe we don't go to church next week. It's every other week. And before you know it, we've got an excuse for every week. He's frustrated with his life and he was frustrated with the liberty that he had. <laughs> that was me. I don't need everybody to help me. That was me. I didn't like somebody telling me I had to be home at 10 o'clock. I didn't like somebody telling me I had to do it this way or I had to do it that way. I didn't like somebody telling me what I could and couldn't do. So this man, this son, he was frustrated with 
with his life and he was frustrated with his liberty. And in our modern day scenes, we get frustrated in life. Things don't go our way. We lose a job and we start saying, why God? And when God doesn't show up and give us money that we didn't deserve, all of a sudden it's his fault and we're frustrated with him. He won't let us do what we want. He won't allow us to be who we want to be. And all of a sudden, he becomes the bad guy in our lives. We see his frustration, but we see his flight. The Bible says that he took his stuff and he took off. I have found that when we start making demands out of God and our destinations begins to change, we will get as far away from God as we can. Man, I got out when I got out of church. So uh, many of y'all, y'all know this story. I wasn't saved in church and or, or at a, as a teenager. I didn't get saved until later in life. But uh, as a young person, I went to church and, man, I could quote Scripture. I could find, you know, we'd do sword drills and I could find stuff in my Bible faster than anybody else. I had times where we'd go to camp and they'd put me up there and I would preach to people. I could do it, man. I, I'm talking about as a young and I get up there and I could do stuff like that. But man, when I started experience rebellion, I got as far away from God as I possibly could. I went running into somebody help me right here the wrong direction as fast as I could. Me and my wife, we were married at 18, and she married me. A drunk. Just crazy. 17, run away. 18. I'm talking about drinking like, like a fish. We were, it was rough. Say, how did you get liquor back then? How did you get that? How did you do all that, man? All I had to do was walk into a store, they give it to you. <laughs> I hope I got somebody fired right there. All right, but anyhow, I'm just kidding. I don't hope that on nobody. But I began doing those things. As I've told y'all, my wife, she, she was my babysitter, not my partner. There'd be times I'd be passed out in the yard, she had to come find me. Bring people over to the house, all these things. What I'm getting at, what I'm trying to show you is that I got, I, I didn't just go a little bit away from God. I went as far as I could get from him. I started doing things that I thought I'd never do. I did drugs, I did, I, I, I did all these things. I thought nobody, no, hey, I, I did things that I never thought I'd do. I did things that I said in school, just say no to drugs while I had it in my pocket. While I, while I was carrying it around the school. These were things, this was stuff that was going on in my life. I was getting farther and farther away from God. We see in his frustration, we see his flight, he took off. Let me say this to you. There's many of us that have experienced that. We've walked away from some things in our life, and you never thought you'd be as far away as you are right now. Oh, you come to church, but the truth is, is that you're nowhere near as close to God as what you once were. Because God didn't come through in your life when you wanted him to. 
or how we wanted him to handle our situation. But I want you to notice something. We see his frustration. We see his flight. But I want you to put your focus on his father. See, we call it the prodigal son, but the truth is it's really about a father. It's really about a father. It's about a father who loved the son so much that he was willing to allow him to make mistakes, willing to allow him to walk off. I need somebody to help me. I see, first off, the sadness of the father. Could you imagine You've given your son everything that you could possibly give to them, and it wasn't enough. You've done everything that you could. You've loved them the best that you know how, and yet it wasn't enough. I need somebody to help me. How frustrated would you be as a parent if your child looked you in the face, spit in your face, and turned around and walked off? I need some parents to help me. We watched that girl. Oh, uh, 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 we watched them as they come up here, and the girl said, I'm pregnant. Man, we was practicing this thing, and that, that's, a, that's a mama and daughter right there. And the first, her first response, the first time it was said, she, I need somebody to help me. Don't be lying. Hey, how many of y'all ever seen that? Y'all ever seen the open hand of your mama? What is wrong with y'all? Bunch of timeout babies. I'm a, I, I need somebody to help me. I need somebody that was in the knocked out babies. How many of y'all were there? Uh, say it again, she says. The knocked out babies, not the timeout babies. Man, I, 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 how would it feel? Somebody help me. Get with me. Get with me. How would it feel to have a child that you've nurtured and you've loved? You've given them everything that you can You've given them and beyond, but you've given them everything that you can and beyond. And for them to come to you and say, you're not good enough. I want something different from my life. But yet, the father never raised his hand. The father never raised his voice. The father gave what he asked. And the father watched him walk off with sadness. But I want you to notice this. Not only the father and his sadness, but I want you to notice the father and his kindness. Oh, I need somebody to help me. We're not going to read the rest of the scripture. You're going to have to come back next week as we break down this entire parable. But the father didn't get bitter. Because the son left. The father didn't get frustrated and say, I hope you never come back. The father didn't say like mine, before you come back, me and you gonna have a we're gonna have words. The father didn't say, I don't care if you do come back, if you do, you'll be a slave. I need somebody to help me. The father didn't get frustrated and say, You're dead to me. I don't want to ever see your face again. The Bible tells us that when the son came back, father was looking for him. 
said that when he was a great way off, the father seen him. It implies that dad never forgot. It implies that dad was always watching. See, no matter how bad he was to the father, it didn't change how good the father was to him. I need somebody to hear me. No matter how bad that boy was to dad, it did not change how good dad was to that boy. Dad's attitude didn't change. His actions didn't change. He loved him and wanted his son to return. See, the truth is, all he ever was was kind. And all that they had been through, and a son that had deserted him, and a son that had betrayed him, and a son that had left him, all the father was, was kind. Sometimes marriages don't work. Sometimes babies die. Sometimes rehab turns to relapse. And you're left just asking why. For all the prayers I pray, I still wonder if he hears. And if he does, how is he choosing who he does and doesn't heal? I've tried to run from Jesus. I've started holy wars. I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors. I've cursed his name in anger. With my fists raised to the sky And in return All he's ever been Is kind And I've burned my share of bridges I've learned to tuck my tail and run Watch the wreckage in the rear view From all the crooked things I've done And I know that he forgives me but it's hard to forgive myself I can't help but think amazing grace Is for everybody else I've tried to run from Jesus I've started holy wars I've tried to patient wait And the kicking down the doors I've cursed His name in anger With my fist raised to the sky in return, all he's ever been is kind. And I know I wasn't there, but when I look up at the cross, I see the darkest day in history. And I guess that's what kindness cost. Yeah. I've tried to run from Jesus. I started holy wars. I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors. He knows I don't deserve it, but he's never changed his mind. All he's ever been is 
kind All He's ever been is kind yeah. Bring that mic no. song and <clears throat> how fitting you know that song Miranda was the one that brought that song to my attention and it was after we had already put this together I was thinking oh, goodness gracious how God just put something a song right there that just shows how good and how kind he's been in our frustrations maybe you're here this morning and you say preacher I'm frustrated Life hasn't gone exactly the way I planned it. I had dreams and desires that I've not been able to see. I've not put my hands on. I've had things go on in my life, preacher, that are unexplained. Hardships, difficulties. More than once I found myself questioning God heads bowed with me this morning.